We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. And this might be that opportunity where I can finally become a new follower on my Twitter. Oh, okay. Somebody that I was already following, though. I guess that's a good thing. It's nice to have people follow you back on social media rather than you're just following people and they kind of ignore you forever. (laughs) Well, you could be like those folks who follow others and hope to get followed back. Usually that's what the strategy is. And it's really uh, depressing. Yeah, because <laughs> they don't follow you back. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like you're playing a game where you never win. Yeah, that's always the case. <laughs> well, Matt, <laughs> this episode is titled "The Beginning of the End." Yeah, the beginning of the end. Do you want to explain yourself, Soko? <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, uh, me and Matt, we've been talking, and it's going to be. Probably next week is going to be our last episode, actually, of WBB. Uh, We've been going on for over a year with it, or about a year now. And I think we're both, well, we did it. We wanted to do this, and we gave it a year. (laughs) Like any typical punk rock band, we have creative differences. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Well, somewhat, but not necessarily. But I mean, it's, I think it's, 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 we're kind of ready to um, move on. I would say we've, uh, I think we've hit the end of this road. Um, so probably next week is going to be our last week, uh, our last episode. But and we may have a special guest or guests, uh, but we will see on that. Um, so yeah, uh, I have nothing else to say. I, I'm pretty sure Mr. Biden may be very disappointed but you know i've been i've been talking with them though uh-huh. we have some plans so, <laughs> so yeah. really we'll see is it dealing with a cbd uh company by chance no 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 <laughs> there's some there's some work we might do with the youtube channel we'll see oh okay okay <laughs> well all right well matt you know this is um uh, so yeah, next week. And currently, we, me and both Matt, are actually hanging out in Taos, New Mexico. Still here. Yeah. And uh, we'll be here for a few more weeks. It's a nice little town. Um, has a really lovely community, I have to say, a lovely art community, which you know Matt was all pumped about. And I, I believe he's still feeling pumped about, right? I mean, it's yeah. Here's the thing: uh-huh. it's nice to be around other artists. However, everybody who's here is probably at least twenty years older than me as <laughs> <Who's> an artist. <laughs> really, in general, I mean, there are people who are who are our age, but yeah. uh, they're not as common. As the boomers, the boomers yeah. are everywhere. Yeah, the boomers really ruled this town. Like they yeah. completely rule it. Um, yeah. No, I mean I see young people. I do, but it is generally over the weekend. And I bet these folks are coming from other parts of New Mexico. 
I was listening in on the conversation uh-huh. between two people, both artists, one a musician, the other one was an older, I think the musician was around my age. She might've been 40 or something. Okay. The older guy was probably 60 or 70. Who knows? Um, anyway, the younger musician was just kind of like, yeah, you know, me and my boyfriend moved here and we're still trying to figure out how to earn our keep here. Just, you know, kind of figure out how to do the art thing while also surviving. And the older guy was like, well, you see, I went to an experimental college. And uh, the main thing I wanted to learn is how to never have to work. So what I ended up doing is I bought land. (laughs) So he bought a bunch of land in the Taos area, uh-huh. but then sold it. And so he's been able to fund his projects buying land. <laughs> what a nice guy. You're telling, telling young people to go buy land. He was trying to give her a tip. <laughs> Even though, like, <laughs> this town's property value is so high, how can anyone afford any of the land here? The land is actually not that... I mean, relatively, not that expensive from what I've seen. Okay. I'd have to actually see what the actual location is like for a lot of these parcels that are on sale. But I remember seeing, like, yeah, like 60 acres lot yeah. for 50K. That's oh. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is pretty crazy, actually. For this area? I mean, I'd have to look at the actual location. But uh, that's not a bad deal. Mm-hmm. You could probably sell like uh, you know, an acre for maybe well, I don't know. You could try an acre for about ten k. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see where it goes from there. I wonder though, um, yeah, where that piece of land is and how far away. Yeah, it is I'm looking from... on a map. It's a uh, it's a little far out. It's a little. <laughs> it's very far out. Oh, yeah. actually, no, it's not. It's not that far out. It's uh, it's between Taos and Ranchos to Taos. We went uh, we went out that way the other day. Oh, did we? Mm-hmm. Did we? Okay. I mean, it's still a little remote, but yeah, it's probably about fifteen minutes away from town. Fifteen minutes by drive. Yeah. 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 By drive. By driving. Yeah. Well, I wonder. I well, I wonder if that uh person will take up on that advice of that uh older boomer boomers are definitely in their own world they're just like well you know you do it this way this is how we did it and you can do it the same way too 200 acres lot for 150k sorry say again 200 acres lot for 150k okay (laughs) i'm guessing you're looking at zillow yeah (laughs) especially because i just invested in zillow this week Oh, yeah, okay, 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 that's right. About um, right. 10 shares in it. That's right, that's right. Well, I kind of, well, <laughs> well, how do you feel about the boomer uh, here, then? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing kind of garbage like this, it makes me like, uh, why? I mean, it's just boomers, what are you going to do? They've <laughs> always been that way. I've never met a boomer who, like, I've talked to them about my problems, and they're like, oh, well, maybe I should uh, hook up, hook you up with this person I know who can help you out. <laughs> never, never, fucking ever. Every time it's just like, 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> I got a job. <laughs> Thanks, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, but oh man, I get I get so Boomers are useless. Like <laughs> this is the thing. Boomers are completely useless when it comes to like younger generations. They just like they have this mentality of like Oh, you'll find your way as long as you just trust the magic or whatever. <laughs> Definitely just such from a different era. <laughs> kind of just lost touch with a lot of stuff. <laughs> like the concept of like the concept of income inequality just doesn't it doesn't it's not something that goes through their brain. <laughs> they they grew up in a time where they could work part time to pay for their college, and they still yeah. think that that time exists right now. Yeah, even though like twenty four seven people have been screaming at them, like, no, you have to go into complete debt. You have to <laughs> like suffer bankruptcy in order to get a college education. And boomers are just like, well, you just gotta work harder. If you just work harder, everything <laughs> work out. If you just work harder. You can't even file for bankruptcy <laughs> with student debt. I survived bankruptcy. You can too. <laughs> Dear God. Dear God. We're in a town filled with them. We're in a town filled with these folks. <laughs> Here's a 1.18 acres lot for 39K. Uh -huh. I could actually buy that right now if I wanted and, to. And where is that? Where is that? Let me look at the location. I can't really get. Well, let me look at the location. It's a little sketchy. It says it's technically in Taos, though. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I mean, that's not bad. There's a house next to it. That's, <gasps> that's oh. a good sign. That's, that's definitely a good sign. <laughs> that's positive. That's, that's definitely positive. I'm all uh, pumped about this you know, 40 acre, whatever. What is it? What acre you said? A 40,000. 1.18 acre lot. Okay. For okay. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, that isn't bad. All right, like I could actually afford that right now. I could okay. pay it in cash. Okay, there and you then go. just camp out on that land and pray <laughs> to God I don't get hit eaten by the coyotes <laughs> or the mountain lions, <laughs> or the mountain lions, <laughs> or the ticks, especially the or the ticks. rattlesnakes. <laughs> are there rattlesnakes here? There, there probably a... are. There probably yeah. There probably. I've are. seen a bunch of holes. Like when you and me were walking at. Uh, what was the name of that park? Is like Sunset Park or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of you could see a bunch of holes, and I mean, I think some of them might have been like, you know, like groundhogs or something like that. But I'm pretty yeah. sure some of them, you know, <laughs> snakes or tarantulas, <sighs> stuff like that. I did see his tarantula. I did see a tarantula. Oh, you did? Yeah, that was on our our trail, not not Sunset, but when we went to the other trail, uh, 108 Trail. Um, I, I saw a tarantula there. We had to oh. take a photo of it. Yeah, take a photo of it. Somehow I, I missed it. Oh, you're you're, you're far away. That's why. Oh, okay. That's why. That's why. But yeah, um, I saw a tarantula. There's some yeah, some wildlife here. I'm just glad we haven't seen a mountain lion yet, and I do not really want to ever meet one. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the other thing: is generally mountain lions are not interested in interacting with humans if they can afford not to. Well, I hope so. I really don't want to see them. If they're attacking <laughs> you. It's because they're pretty hungry. Oh god, they're desperate. <laughs> Just not. It's the same with bears. Bears. If they're oh. gonna try and eat you. It's because they're desperate. 
It's like you know, if they've woken up after hibernation. Well, we got we got black bears here. Black bears are not uh, very aggressive type of bears. This is grizzly bears. You need to be careful of. Yeah. <laughs> Just be careful of bears in general. general. <laughs> right, that's my advice. Well, anyway, I know we're talking about towels, but you were also talking about your investment into Zillow. So yeah, yeah. actually, the market has actually it was kind of weird. It was picking up a lot. Well, my shares, anyways, they were picking up early in the week, and then it suddenly started plummeting. A lot of them. Uh, Some of it did. I don't. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's not like this isn't typical of bull markets. I yeah. definitely remember times at the beginning of this year when we had an especially like uh, wild bull market where it seemed like you could put money into anything and and make a profit from it. Um, yeah. I remember there still being days where it was just kind of red because people are selling off. It's because right now I think there's still a lot of jitters. Like people are still like, okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are, are, way, are aware that we're going to be entering an overall market correction, possibly even like a crash mm-hmm. in the not too distant future. That's still on everybody's mind because the, hyperinflation's not leaving any the tip of anybody's tongue. It just isn't going to go. Everybody's going to keep talking about hyperinflation because everybody's worried about how much money the Fed is printing and all this other crap. Yeah. It's probably real that we're going to be having um, permanent, some kind of permanent inflation or some kind of inflationary impact on the U.S. dollar for the foreseeable future. I don't know how long into the future. I also don't fully understand how this works because mm-hmm. isn't this also the case for literally every other single fucking country across the world? <laughs> so like, yeah. how does that work? You know what I mean? Cause like in my mind, and I don't understand this from a macroeconomic level, but in my mind, I would think if inflation's happening globally, then what is really changing? Does that, it was like, does that question make sense? Well, yeah, because they're saying if they're all well, if they're all going at the same, if they're all increasing and maybe they're all increasing at the same rate, does that really matter? Right. Yeah. Does yeah. it really matter? It's like literally all that's happening is the number is going up. But like, I mean, I think what the issue is is wage, really ultimately wage inflation, mm-hmm. um, which from our perspective is a pretty good thing because you want wages to go up. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, you could afford more. But also what it means is that people are going to increase the price of stuff as well. Maybe. It all depends. But go ahead. Yeah. The bigger thing ultimately is like it's just supply chain stuff. Like the whole supply chain right now is still pretty fucked. Uh, you got you got cargo ships stuck out at sea who that can't come to harbor to offload all their goods because yeah. of quarantine rules. Like you got. You still have all the stuff that's happened with COVID. You still have semiconductor shortages. The whole thing's just really fucked up right now. Um, And will probably be that way possibly for another year. Uh, it, it, It depends. Sorry, I'm like, I'm distracted. By what? I'm distracted by a Twitter headline about Fauci. Um... It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
so what was my whole fucking point? The Some, supply chain's kind of messed. You're saying supply chain's messed up for probably the whole year. Could so, be longer. This is the thing is like because because the whole response to COVID. And honestly, I don't think it had anything. I mean, like the last president didn't help, mm-hmm. but it was still it was still going to be fucked up no matter what. Because it's just it ended up being this virus that nobody could fully understand, nobody yeah. could predict its patterns or its behavior and all this other stuff. So a lot of medical experts recommended that globally we just shut down the economy and then did what was to a certain extent it was a very heavy reaction to what was happening it was in my opinion probably overshooting the seriousness of the situation it's hard to know right because none of us none of us knew what covid was going to be like yeah a lot of people were worried it was going to be, this was going to be like millions of people dead. Millions of, I mean, there have been millions of people who have died. Let's be frank. But like also proportionally, statistically, we're at a, oh, actually, I don't know globally. I know in terms of the United States, we're at 1.6% in terms of death rate. Okay. I think a lot of that is impacted by, uh, the response of the medical community to figure out ways to treat the virus. Yeah. Uh, vaccination, of course, helping. Um, but globally, right, not everybody's got access to the vaccine. the vaccine. Not everybody's got access to the treatments, um, the treatments that are coming on board. Also, there's a lot of controversy about some of the treatments. There's this big controversy about ivermectin. Um, oh, what's that one? It was. It's been used for treating a bunch of other stuff. I don't actually know a whole lot about it. Yeah, it, it has been used as a horse dewormer, and that was that oh, was the okay. thing that got a lot of people's attention because there were doctors who were. Um, who were prescribing it for patients to okay. treat COVID. But one of its other treatments is as a horse dewormer. Uh, most infamously was uh, Joe, one of Joe Rogan's doctors recommended that he use ivermectin on along with like a whole laundry list of other shit, like mon- monoclonal antibodies, uh, you know, like general typical Joe Rogan stuff where it's like, we're going to shoot you up with vitamins Every single vitamin in the world, we're going to just <laughs> streamline it into your body. Um, and we're going to do all this other stuff. And I mean, he I mean, he kicked COVID in two seconds flat, right? So who even knows if ivermectin even helped? But ivermectin was one of the things. I see. I see. And the news really latched on to this because ivermectin is a horse dewormer. I so, see. or is you, I should say, is used as a horse dewormer. But it's used for a lot of other different things. It's apparently a very multi-purpose drug. drug. Okay. I, you know, like, I have to say, I'm not a fucking medical advisor. So if you're going to, like, take <laughs> ivermectin because you heard me, you know, talk about what I heard on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like please go drink turpentine for all i care like 
<laughs> um, I hope I hope no one's listening for this for medical advice. Please, we are not medical yeah, advice. I really, I really hope nobody <laughs> was listening to me. Is like, oh, you know what? <laughs> this guy's got some good advice. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do some quick math here. All right, this is according to Google. Right, okay. I'm doing this. I'm breaking this number down based on uh, Google statistics in regards to the uh, COVID 2019, right? So total deaths currently, 4.94 million. Okay. All right. Uh, Total cases globally, 243 million. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Even that, look, that's not even that big of a number. Think of how many, how many people are on the earth. Yeah, that's still a big number, Matt. I don't do care. the math. <laughs> do the math. I'll, okay, I'll do the math. Do the for math. You. It's like it is uh, actually higher globally, though. The death 24. rate is higher globally. One out of twenty-four. About one out of twenty-four. Where did you get that? Uh, six billion people, right? I seven. Just, it might be actually eight. Um, seven billion look. people. Okay, then it's um, one out of thirty. Global seven point eight billion. Okay. Wait, I'm you gotta hike that number up. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Say it again. How much? Seven point eight billion. Seven point eight billion. Okay, I'm just gonna round to eight billion. Um, so that's one out of uh thirty-two billion. <laughs> I mean, one out of thirty-two. Yeah. <laughs> one out of thirty-two got COVID. <laughs> that one out of thirty-two died. One out of thirty-two got COVID. Mm-hmm. So think about that. And here's the other thing: we're all gonna get COVID at some point. That's an inescapable reality of the virus because it's a fucking virus. Yeah. Question is, how many people... I, this is another statistic I would like to find, actually, is how many people are vaccinated globally. Um, anyway. Uh, global vaccination rate... Uh, so we're approaching four billion have received the first dose. Oh, okay. And uh, 2.8 billion are fully vaccinated. Not bad. Okay. That's not bad. Mm. That's a that's an under a third of the population of the earth vaccinated. And approaching the third at very quickly. Because, like I said, uh, almost half have received the first dose. So yeah. we're going to see that number drop off pretty fucking fast. Yeah. Like, it was pretty harsh at the beginning. Global medical, you know, the global medical infrastructure responded as it did. Yeah. Oh, this is an interesting statistic. Total doses given is $6.8 billion. Oh, wow, okay. Hmm. Uh, okay, so according to Google, 37.3% of the Earth's population is fully vaccinated. Okay, okay. So anyway, 243 million people have gotten the COVID. <laughs> have gotten the COVID. <laughs> the COVID <laughs> I'm turning yeah. into a boomer. Yeah. <laughs> They've gotten the COVID. <laughs> That's an extremely low percentage. And yeah. on top of that, uh, like almost a third. God, I can't math right now. Um, about a third of the Earth's population 
is vaccinated. Uh-huh. So, like, when you think about this, the virus only started, la- like, what, two years ago? Oh, God, I can't, don't want to think about that. But, yeah, about two years now. This is a good response. Like, I know people, I know people have been freaked out by the last two years. I know it was, like, hysterical. I know we had a fucking idiot in charge of the United States. We had a lot of fucking idiots in charge of a lot of different countries and states. Nobody dealt with it well, and yet somehow, looking at it statistically, it's actually kind of impressive. Spanish flu wiped out millions of people. COVID wiped out not millions of people. Well, actually, it was millions of people, but it was not as many millions of people. Like I said, Spanish flu was like 145 million people or something like that. Yeah. Think about that. 145 million people versus 4 million people. Now, I don't like to break down like lives statistically, mm-hmm. but when like when you are doing this from uh, a scientific perspective, when you're keeping it objective, every metric you look at this, like COVID, even with all the fucking anti-vaxxers, even with all the people rejecting masks, all that stuff, yeah, we have dealt with this pretty well. Like, this could have gone way worse than it did. Way, yeah. way, way worse. And that's why I tend to say, you know, okay, the economic impact is quickly becoming the bigger deal. And yeah. a lot of people were responding very early on with the shutdowns that the economic impact was the thing to actually worry about and not to worry so much about the virus. Because I think a lot of people had faith and the medical community to actually respond to this in a way that wouldn't cause, you know, mass death. Yeah. Because we do like all things given, Mm -hmm. we have a, we have a fairly like globally, we, there is a fairly robust medical community that exists whether it's the World Health Organization, whether it's the Center for Disease Control, whether it's like, you know, all of the charity type stuff that goes on globally, but also just within any individual nation, you know, yeah. like Europe has, Europe has a huge national, nationalized, I mean, most of the countries have some huge nationalized healthcare system that was able to respond to this. I know that for all of those healthcare workers, I'm sure it was a nightmare, right? Like I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'm sure the last two years have probably felt like they were at war because on some level they have been. Um, But once again, were you going to say something, Soko? No, no. I I, I know a lot of people who medical, it's, it's, it's a nightmare, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. Stress test, like this was a stress test on the world medical, like on the world healthcare system overall. We got to see how it reacted to what happened. And human human beings generally have a sort of, <laughs> I'm going to pull in a Dragon Ball Z metaphor here, but we do tend to have a Saiyan-like response to these kind of things where it's like, Okay, it didn't kill us. It didn't like extinguish us as a species, right? Okay, okay. 
We learned a shit ton during this emergency. Uh, we were able... I say we, like you and me did anything. <laughs> no, we just... We did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which was probably the most important thing we could have done. But... <laughs> yeah, you don't want us contributing. Besides, I mean, staying and being in the boat. But yeah, go ahead. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um... Anyway, the medical community responded. They responded in the quickest, most profound ways that they could. Mistakes were made along the way. People got upset, um, myself included. And nevertheless, you know, they saved more lives than were lost. Like, and that's that that's my ultimate takeaway from the whole like COVID nineteen thing is more lives were saved than were lost. lives are lost it's sad it's unfortunate that it happened it's also the way this event happened there was nothing like what could have anybody have done you know at the onset of it because we loved like we at any kind of major traumatic event we love to look back and go oh we could have done this or this or this or this to stop this yeah there, there was no perfect scenario that would have played out. Absolutely no perfect scenario that would have played out. Um, the best that could have been done was done. And we all learned a great deal about ourselves. <laughs> the friends we made along this. the way. <laughs> Dear God. It's such a stupid journey idea, Odyssey idea. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there really wasn't any journeying or Odyssey going on because <laughs> we all just stayed in our rooms. But nevertheless, my point is uh, we we are coming out the other side of this a more resilient uh, species. Yeah. I don't know how else to put that. We're more resilient. We're now a little bit more resilient to this virus. Um, we're more resilient to, for better and worse, we're more resilient to government bullshit. We're more resilient to corporate bullshit. Um, and I think that it's going to have a net positive into the future. But when you're in the middle of it, everything just seems dicey, you know. Um, I think that's all I really have to say. I mean, what, this all started with me kind of, kind of, kind of, sort of complaining about uh, how the market has been shitty the last year because of COVID and all this other stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, here's the other thing, though. Mm-hmm. When you look at, um, when you look at the earnings reports of business, uh, not every business, but a lot of businesses. Mm, excuse me. When you look at the earnings report reports of a lot of businesses uh, over the last couple of years, yeah, kind of incredible how they're bouncing back. Yeah, I mean, some businesses did fine during the pandemic, like Lowe's and Home Depot did great. Texas Roadhouse, wait, Texas Texas Roadhouse, Roadhouse has been killing it. Wait, I don't know what it. Yeah, like seriously, <laughs> I I don't know what they're doing right, but like <laughs> they are they are making money. 
But what about the other steakhouses? <laughs> Not so great. Texas Roadhouse, though. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Must be those peanuts. Must be those peanuts. They're not. I went to a Texas Roadhouse recently. Actually, they're not serving peanuts. I think that was. <laughs> I think that was their winning strategy. <laughs> I think what happened is they're like, "Hey, you know, peanuts just are going to spread COVID. Why don't we just stop buying peanuts, save ourselves <laughs> money, and uh, we just increase increase our profit margin." <laughs> Maybe that was it. <laughs> I kind of suspect it was because they still serve rolls. So, I mean, you oh, know, yeah. if you got rolls. What, you, what else do you need? That's true. That's true. It's been a while since I've been to a Texas Roadhouse. It's been a good while, I would say. Um, need to go. Well, do I need to go to one? No, not necessarily. You'll be okay if you don't. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> You've eaten yeah. out of chilies. Yes, basically it's the same. <laughs> yeah. And now they don't even have peanuts. I mean There you go. There you go. <laughs> what's the point? Well, I'm just well, you know, getting um to what you were talking about the supply chain stuff and yeah, I mean it's even um what is it, the Biden administration was teaming up with Hey. We talking about Walmart and some of what was it? Walmart, Amazon, uh, was it Amazon? Some others, uh, basically on how to try to address this whole issue for the next few months with the supply chain. Uh, I don't know exactly what, but yeah, uh, they certainly want to. Uh, uh, this is affecting the whole economy, um, and. Uh, I don't know that they were working with unions as well to to try to kind of address this whole other uh, issue with the supply chain. Um, so who knows? Maybe in the next couple of months we're going to see um, things, you know, slowly getting to some sort of normalcy. Um, uh, I mean, it, it would be nice um, to uh, be able to buy a Nintendo Switch finally. Uh, <laughs> you're never gonna get the buy one of those that's that's uh that's manufactured uh scarcity so it seems this way i remember begin in the beginning so many pricks i hate so much like people were able to figure out how to build to get bots uh, mm-hmm. Set up bots for some of these uh, 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 online retailers, um, and basically they, they would set up bots to basically uh, keep on reloading the buy. Uh, once the company got the um, the uh, oh, what do you call it? Once they once they got a supply of Switch, these bots would just automatically just buy the Switch, mm-hmm. essentially. And then they they scalp these these things for like five hundred six hundred dollars. <laughs> God, I hate it so much. <laughs> I mean, is it that is it still that bad right now though? I I don't know. I uh, I mean, I, I my sister it, had bought a switch not that long ago. I mean, oh, it was really? During kind of the height of the pandemic, still too. Okay, like okay. she got it at like Target. I I mean, I saw the switch light. I don't want a switch light. Uh, no, I don't either. Those those are, are, what's uh, the point? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I, it's I, not really a Switch Lite. It's just a PSP. It's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, and I, God. well, well, uh, I mean, I saw that they did release a new Switch recently. Um, and that's probably off the shelves now, too. I mean, <laughs> it was supposed to be released on October 8th, as I recall. So, yeah, no, once this whole supply chain garbage, maybe we'll finally be able to get <laughs> cars at reasonable prices again. Um, that's not happening for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I mean, I, I do. Well, from what I understand, uh, at least used cars have gone down some. Wait, seriously? Uh, I thought they st- a little bit. It's not like this is based off like CPI data, uh, okay. consumer price index. Um, like things are kind of like starting to stabilize a little bit, and I think they're gonna hopefully they're gonna eventually decline some, but it's not skyrocketing anymore. I guess is my point. Um, we're not. That's the thing is like the price of things for like the next year are, is gonna be dicey. Yeah, no, I actually had a family member who um, they, they took advantage of the situation. They bought a car like three, four years ago, and they sold it. They they sold it used nice. at, at the full at the full price. Nice, <laughs> that's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> so yeah, um, good times <laughs> for folks who you know have a car like that. Um, what do you do? You remember what kind of vehicle it was? Uh, it was, I think, a Honda. It was a Honda Civic. Oh, okay. I want to say, I want to say, it was a Honda Civic. Um, you know, good, decent car. Um, uh, so yeah, you know, um, maybe in a year we'll be able to get those cars at reasonable prices, or maybe in a, two years at this point. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, right now it's all like with the car thing. It's all about semiconductor shortages that are taking place. Yeah. Um, like it's just hard to come around or get a hold of computer chips. Um, I don't know how long that's going to be the case because mm-hmm. a lot of our computer chip, like in the United States, a lot of the computer, and this might be worldwide too, yeah. a lot of the computer chips are all like uh, Taiwan and China. And I think that's it. Like it's kind of all concentrated. In that area, um, which I know is like, I mean, I remember hearing there was some kind of thing where Biden was announcing something about, you know, having the government step in and like um, help in manufacturing chips in the United States again. Yeah. Who knows when that's going to happen, though? Like, that's the thing is like that could be years before that ever you know uh, kicks off. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, what we need is we need uh, we need Zoomers with TikTok and YouTube to like teach each other how to make chips in their basement, and we'll we'll get it done that way. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see on that. It might happen. <laughs> might happen. <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm down for it. I think that'd be pretty cool. This is my. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. Earlier, mm-hmm. this is my thing. Um. I'm really kind of bothered. I think you've you probably heard me in my my rant earlier uh-huh. about I'm really bothered by the way that people are sort of viewing 
the the way that this virus has been dealt with. Okay. And I say that because like I've never I can't think of ever seeing one article where it was just like um uh what's the way of putting this? Like like this hospital saved this many lives from COVID this month. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always about the negatives. It's always the negative perspective. It's always about, you know, how many lives are lost, how many people are getting sick. It's never about how many people got sick and then didn't die. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because like way more people got sick and didn't die versus the people who got sick and died. Like we we really are focusing on the people who got sick and died. Here's the thing, when people get sick, sometimes they die. Yeah. Like you can't, like there's nothing you can do about that. People get the flu and die, people get uh fucking um what is it called mono what, what's the oh can't I, remember <laughs> you they know get, they get mono yes okay what is it called <laughs> is it mononucleosis i think so yeah mononucleosis okay so, you know people get um strep throat i don't know if people die from strep throat necessarily staph infections Toothaches, 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 <laughs> fucking staph infections. Staph infections are generally caused by, um, what do you call it? Like malpractice or just like incompetence on the side of most hospitals. I see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, fucking your appendix, like appendicitis, all kinds <laughs> of shit. But also, people get saved, their lives saved from that all the time. So like. I just, I'm not saying that we need to like, <laughs> I'm not trying to say like, oh, you know, the news needs to take a more propagandistic stance on this. <laughs> because here's the thing, not even concern, like, I don't even ever, I never even see like conservative news broadcasted in that way either. Mm-hmm. Like neither liberal or conservative, it doesn't matter. Like all news is just like, everybody's dying. Everybody's getting sick and everybody's dying. There's no like, oh, here are all the great steps that are being made. There's so much, there's so much um, pessimism Mm -hmm. and I can't wrap my head around it because you sure it's it's pessimism. You sure it's that I would, I, yeah, I would, I I, would, you're asking in my shirt and I'm saying, yes, (laughs) I'm very sure that it is pessimism or at least cynicism. I don't know if it's cynicism either. I think it's just reporting. Uh, I think. I mean, more more people are concerned about death than anything else. That's uh, what people want to. They want to hear. What what's the word I'm looking for? It might maybe. I mean, death is a negative subject, but just because news outlets are reporting it doesn't necessarily mean it's the reporting because that was pessimistic. Uh, perspective here's another way of putting this because if they start putting out well i don't know i guess it would concern people that hey they're not reporting out the deaths um and i mean they do report out recovery as well too yeah um and certainly it might be more just it's just more grabbing two people um when they, right but you don't find you know, that sort of disconcerting in the sense of, like, 
we are spending so much time paying attention to a kill count, basically. Like, like that's my, and I think that's my ultimate point is like, I'm more concerned about how many people's, how many lives, like, like I'd be concerned about the death rate mm -hmm. if, if like every single person who got sick died. You know what I mean? Like if that if that ratio of illness to death mm -hmm. was like uh, maybe not even that high. Like let's say ten percent. That's still pretty high. That's a really high rate, right? Mm -hmm. That's substantially higher than the flu. Um, that's I think that would be substantially higher than um, was it SARS, right? Because I think SARS is like two percent. Um, we're lower than SARS. Well, actually, globally, we're about the same rate as SARS. In total truth, right? Um, something that we should take seriously, but also something that we should consider very heavily, like, what is the progress being made? And I think that's why, that's really my ultimate point, is there's zero, or very little, I shouldn't say zero, but there's very little focus on all the progress and effort that's being made. And so like, if I were somebody who's working in like uh, medicine, I'd probably feel kind of pissed. Cause like, you know, you get like the stuff where people are like, you know, talking about nurses as heroes and all this stuff. And it's like, it's kind of, um, it's kind of a golf clap, quite frankly, you know, like, I don't think that, I don't think that the 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 healthcare system is really giving a, given a full appreciation, right? Even people who get vaccinated still have like this skepticism about like, oh well, how much money is Pfizer making from this and all this other stuff? Like, I'm not saying that we need to go full World War Two, like. <laughs> <laughs> like buy bell bond or uh, buy war bonds or whatever, but like you know, do your pot. Like I'm not necessarily saying we need to go that all in uh -huh. in terms of attitude, but I am saying that there is a certain aspect of the pers like the way it's perceived and the way that is delivered and how we deliver it to each other. Mm -hmm. that is making this virus out to be um, more of a doom and gloom situation than like, I guess the way that I look at it, which is more of a, um, we are, we are overcoming a crisis. We're overcoming a nat, like a natural, not I don't know, natural disaster, I'll say. Um, which to me, the other perspective implies that in some way we're all in it together. And that's mm -hmm. been the biggest problem, right, in dealing with the virus is getting everybody in on it together. And we've had all this political division. You have all the people who don't want to get vaccinated. You have the people who don't want masks, et cetera, et cetera. And they would still exist. And they might even be more virulent in their, like, resistance if you know, we were more, I guess, what, 
I don't know what to call that. Like propagandistic or like jingoistic <laughs> I, or I, I see yeah, I, I don't know about all about this. I mean in one sense I could say that, hey, look, there are still many people who don't, aren't taking this seriously. Yeah. Maybe there are some news outlets who are like, okay, look, there are so many people still not taking this seriously. We need to report that. Because there is a lot of information out there. People are like, oh, this virus isn't deadly. Or and the problem is, yes, it's deadly because we don't necessarily have the medications to fight this thing. That's why it's deadly. Uh, people well, that's don't why take it was it, deadly. deadly. We have the medications now. We have the vaccines. No, we also we, have the medications now, too. Which ones, exactly? Like which no, we ones have can medications you, that are which, treating people in no, hospitals. Which, no, which ones can you take over the counter? Is what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, not like that. I, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, you're right about that. So it's not like it's all widely available or anything like that yet. And there's still, and the thing is that, and the only reason why they're able to get all these vaccinations and stuff like that because they've been studying this type of virus for many years already. So they had a lot of research and everything done. So. I mean, you come across many people who are still very skeptical um, about this whole uh, with the vi- vaccines and with the virus itself. They don't take it seriously. Um, and I mean, United States now, a lot of people are getting the vaccines, but it's still globally having its issues, even though you may have said that statistic. But still, there's about over a billion people still not vaccinated either. Okay. Uh, so it's those outlets who might be reporting out these whatever numbers and stuff like that, the death numbers, it may not be negativity. It may be like, look, some people aren't taking this seriously. We're seeing mm-hmm. it in these communities. We still got to continue reporting this out um, like this. I mean, I saw one, and I mean, I, I see news outlets. I just saw one recently um, talking, basically promoting uh, essentially that uh, this whole vaccine isn't this whole virus isn't deadly or anything like that sure um and there's people who listen to that um and they honestly believe it okay uh, but hold on stop the ahead. phone because that that whole phrase like the whole phrase this virus is deadly is such a non-nuanced phrase because it's like yes it will kill some people but when you say the virus is deadly, what you're implying is that anybody who comes in contact with it is at risk of death. And statistically, we can confirm that that's not the case. Like you can look at numbers and you can confirm that that is not the case. But in terms of if you want to prevent as much death as possible, right? And this is where the problem comes. We want to prevent as much death as possible. We want to prevent overstacking the hospitals. So we want to make everybody on the same page as to how to respond to this. So we have things like everybody wear a mask. Everybody, um, you know, um, what the fuck? Social isolation, all this other stuff to prevent spread. Because the problem, the problem is almost less the virus and the problem is almost more, we don't have enough, like our hospital system isn't big enough to deal with everybody getting sick at once. Because, yes, there is definitely an argument to be made 
that the virus could have been way worse if you had hospitals flooded with people um, who are getting sick, right? And not being able to treat all of them. Um, especially at the beginning when a lot of the treatment that was being done was inadequate or actually the wrong treatment. There is a lot of evidence that, um, what do you call it? The ven- like ventilation, right? Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, ventilation was actually making their condition worse. Like putting them onto ventilators was actually making their condition wor- condition worse and was not an appropriate way to deal with the problems that were happening. But that's what they had at the moment because they didn't know what, how else to deal with this virus. It's a brand new virus, you know, brought into reality. They're going to do what they, what, I mean, like at the beginning, all they, they could do was to guess how to deal with it. And uh, so like, I don't know, you were, so this whole thing started with you saying like how you saw a news source say that, you said that some, how did you put it? Some people don't consider the virus deadly or what was Yeah, the... no, the way it was promoting it was like, look, many people are, this is, this whole thing is a big, basically it was promoting it. This, this whole thing is blown weight out of pro- proportion. I would personally agree with that. I would I... not, I would not call it a hoax at all. Like that's, that's foolish. Or saying like the virus is fake. That's foolish. And then, well, they go into even like what were some of the other things I want to say about it. Um, basically, talking about all. Oh, it was yeah, it was basically talking about the vaccinations causing deaths, which is true. There has been some deaths caused by some of the vaccines. Yeah, but it's been so minuscule. I or I say so minuscule. I have no idea what the. Um... I, I mean, I'd be curious to see what the... People having allergic reactions, okay, yeah. and such like that. Um, but it was certainly promoting, essentially, that no one should be getting this vaccine. It's basically deadly. Right. Well, that's foolish. Yeah. No, it, it, was, a, it was a really dumb, 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 dumb news source. But there's people who... <laughs> Why don't you say what the news source I, is, Soko? O-A-N, of course. <laughs> of course. O-A-N-N-N. I mean, no, it's just so dumb. I just, it's like, oh See, God, this is what's really odd to me. Is I would think... That network is so big. There are so many people that listen to that. That's yeah. Just, that's, that's the sad I thing. I would think <laughs> the network called One America News uh-huh. would be the one that would be the most, like, you know... Our our gals in the scrubs are out there fighting the war. Like you would think, like they would be the ones, like really pitching like the jingoistic like warfront uh, thing, and they aren't even doing it. That's and I think that's my point is like I just think that's weird. You don't think that's kind of weird that they are promoting like. All about, uh, you mean like us to be about behind America or something like that? Like, yeah, the... like they're not promoting the people who are basically on the war front of this like crisis. Yeah, <laughs> you don't think that's just a little bit weird because like CNN isn't really doing that either. They kind of do, but they don't really. Like, what they do is they like to get nurses to come on and say, Yeah, the virus is deadly, but it's never like 
having a nurse come on to be like, oh, what is it like working as a nurse? How hard is it? I think they did that like a little bit at the beginning, but they really stopped real quick. It was almost like nobody cared to want to think about, you know, these health professionals as human beings. And, and that is like more of what I'm trying to get at here is like a lot of humanity has been stripped out of this whole crisis. Mm -hmm. And it's not just like from one particular political perspective, it's from both. And to me, I find, I find that to be kind of, um, I'm just uh, like scary, I guess, mm -hmm. because, you know, like once again, I just, I'm just trying to point out like, how do you think that makes the health professionals feel right? Like, um, like on a, like, and that's what I'm trying to get at here is like, once again, I look at, I look at the response to this crisis as okay barring something happening this winter right covid mutates and like becomes the t-virus and we all die barring that i would i will say that this response to this crisis is unprecedented and not a fucking person has really talked about that at all and i i can't wrap my head about i can't wrap my head around why nobody is responding in this way? Why nobody has been like, wow, this is kind of incredible how we've been able to save so many lives despite like what this has been. Like, like people just assume that all the people who die from COVID just die, just up and die. But like, you know, like there were, for a lot of them, there were health professionals there with them the whole time doing their damnedest to keep them alive. And there were a lot of people who got sick, who got hospitalized and were saved. You know what I mean? Like that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at because while I'm, while I'm of the perspective that statistically like this virus is not like the deadliest thing ever at the same time, I think it's worth acknowledging that a, that a virus that came out of nowhere like, like, let, like, think of, like, just, like, a virus that came out of nowhere, the, like, the world over responded in a way that prevented more, like, who knows how many deaths? I mean, really, like, I could be totally wrong. This could have been the deadliest fucking thing ever, and just the way that the response happened, like, was what saved millions, like, hundreds of millions of lives. And I, I just, I guess that's my whole point, though. This is my whole point. Don't take health professionals for granted. Don't take, um, don't take how much better the world is now for granted. And that is what is bothering me so much. And it'll continue to bother me because I'm sure people will continue to take for granted the the world we live in so anyway that's my whole point <laughs> okay i don't know what to tell you i know most well certainly healthcare professionals do more than just treat the treat covid patients they treat all types of different patients right. out there um and i know many are probably just really annoyed by this whole situation um considering how how easily it can be prevented but there's so much stupidity out there 
um, that we're not able to get this thing under contain. And considering that there are even more yeah, deadly... That, that whole idea is stupid, yeah. too. That no. whole idea... Look, I'm going to stop you real quick. This whole idea that like it's because of how other people responded or it's because of people who didn't get vaccinated and all that other shit, that's dumb. It's really dumb. Because here's the thing. People have like agency over their body. They have to make that decision for themselves. We've we've treated it this way for literally everything else except when government gets involved. And so I think it is actually an important... No, hold it. Well, considering the virus... Look, we had Ebola, for example, West Africa. They were able to contain that. That took a whole bunch of government agencies to get involved in that to ensure that it did not spread around the world. That was such a deadly virus. That would have been such hell for everybody if that damn thing went around the whole world. Sure. This little little thing right here could have been contained. It's a lot of stupidity by some government agencies and a lot of stupidity of information being spread around. I mean, do you really think COVID could have been contained? I think so. I think so. If there's a lot of other agencies have basically acted appropriately, a lot of heads of states had acted appropriately i think i just have a, i have a hard time believing that personally just no. because of the nature of that virus um, i i think it could have been because ebola uh, from what i understand like it required it required very direct contact it required there were like several more steps in order for it to spread versus covid which is airborne right like yeah. It's that to me seems like a very easily spreadable virus. Like that's not like something like like all it requires is somebody to sneeze, cough, even just take a breath. Like I that's why I look at it as like it doesn't seem if it originated uh if it originated in China, mm-hmm. which I'm we're all we're all making that assumption, right? Um, that's a per, like that geographical location makes it such that it's very easy for it to spread all the way to Western Europe without too much difficulty, right? And Western Europe, everything from Western Europe over to the United States, it's not hard for that for anything to spread that way. And Europe to Africa, like the nature of the virus made it very easy to spread. And I think it could have been prevented if all if if everybody was on the same page on how to actually fight this thing, and they weren't. And now we have this situation. It's right. not like but there the haven't. Med- it's not like there haven't been airborne diseases before or airborne viruses before considering this strand is from something else and we already had a lot of study on it, that's how we were able to get the vaccines. How are we able to prevent things from before, like avian flu and such like that? Mm-hmm. Okay, we Did we, act, did we, we prevent? We, yes, we acted appropriately, essentially, to prevent that from ever coming or spreading out so crazily. Okay. There was still trade going on. There were still people coming to and fro from Southeast Asia during SARS and all that stuff. Like but there was still appropriate reaction to it. To this, there was an appropriate reaction. And we're in this situation, and hopefully we get out of the situation soon. I mean, we've already been over a year and a half. 
and hopefully in the next six months we can get back to some sort of normalcy. Anyway, it is at the end of the hour, top of the hour. Let's just go to the Doge Minute. The Doge Minute. All right. Give me a second here. Opening Coinbase. All right. The price of Doge on what is this? Saturday, October 23rd, 2021. The time is 9.58 p.m. And the price of Dogecoin is 25 cents. Oh, man. It's staying there. It's not going up. No, it really it's isn't. That's why, I've been, that's why I've been buying Shiba Inu. <laughs> well, wait, what about... What, well, what's happening with crypto now? I mean, Bitcoin had a big rally. It's at 60000 And now everything else has slowed down? Uh... Not really. I mean, it's kind of like Bitcoin popped all the way to like, what was it? 66K early in the week. And uh, the rest of the market followed it for a little bit. But after that, like, I don't know. Everybody's just kind of waiting. Except for Sheeb. Like everybody's kind of piling into Shiba Inu right now or tonight. It's a fun night to hold Shiba Inu. I guess. <laughs> well, like, um, who knows what's going to happen with crypto? Um, I, we talked about this earlier, but I feel there's probably going to be even a bit more in the coming weeks. Anyway, I think there'll probably be a bit more, especially before December when Congress comes together and mm. trying to figure out essentially the budget. And there's going to be also probably talking about crypto regulations at that time too. Yeah. Um, so there might be a big sudden move by a whole bunch of people just to buy into crypto before uh, anything else major happens when it comes to regulations, but I don't know. There you go. We're all waiting for uh regulatory clarity as they like to say yeah so anyway okay all right well anyway we are it is the hour so uh you know as we said for next week so folks it's going to be our last episode um so please stay tuned for that um so i'll talk to you later matt all right talk to you later soko bye bye